Well, welcome to Manager Tools. Today's show, Simple Disk Delegation and Project Management, Part 2 of 2. And before we go on, though, just wanted to let everybody know that Manager Tools is coming to Chicago on August 10th and 11th, 2009. On August 10th, we're conducting the One Day Effective Manager Conference. And on August 11th, we're conducting the One Day Effective Communications Conference. So if you're interested in joining us, please check out the details on the website, www.managertools.com. We'll hope to see you there. All right, here we go with today's show. Great. Okay. So let's um, welcome back everybody to <laughs> to our show. Um, yeah. Last, last week we we kind of introduced the topic and uh, covered high C's in project management and delegation. So today we're going to continue to work backwards. So let's let's talk about the next one on the list, which is the high S, which of course stands for steadiness. Right. Just a brief overview, we're not redoing the disc cast, but high S's tend to be those folks who are reserved. They tend to hang back in conversation rather than asserting themselves. They're like C's in that way. They're people-focused, whereas C's, high C's are more task-focused. They have a very strong interest in building and supporting teams. They tend to be warm and relaxed uh, in their communications. Uh, they easily engage others on how others are doing and feeling and how they can help others as well. They love helping other people. If you hate helping other people and frankly laugh at others who do, you're probably a high D. (laughs) Um, And if you love doing it, there's a good chance you're an S. The classic high S is the team mother, right? The, 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 the grandmother or the grandfather of the team who, who brings donuts in the morning, coffee for everybody uh, encourages colleagues to eat together, um, puts together, you know, midweek team lunches across the street at the Mexican restaurant. They tend to be, high S's tend to be slow to accept change, which is similar to high C's. They worry about big changes effect on others and uh, its effect on the harmony of the team. And they prefer to have very well-established processes to rely on to reduce that stress. They prefer to be behind the scenes rather than in the spotlight. They'd rather be appreciated than rewarded. And that means, you know, private thank yous and so on. They would rather listen than talk. And they tend to ask questions versus making statements. They rarely interrupt other people. And they're fine with being interrupted. If you interrupt them, they just stop talking and smile at you. When I think about high Ds, the opposite of high Ss, I chuckle at the idea that they would stop talking when someone interrupt them, had the impertinence to interrupt them, and then, uh, and then smile back. The classic high S in American media would be Mr. Rogers, who's passed away, but uh, it's probably familiar to most um, people. If you don't know who Mr. Rogers is, you can YouTube him, Google him on YouTube, and you'll discover he's a very avuncular man. Uh, who likes to wear cardigan sweaters and has a very gentle voice. There you go. Okay, so now that we've reviewed what a high S is, how how do we leverage our relationship with a high S? What do we what do we do? How do we behave differently with a high S when it comes to delegation and project management tasks? Right. When we go when we go to Horseman's Law, who does what by when? On the who, we want to encourage them to leverage their relationships because they're going to anyway. On the what, on task work and so on, we want to engage them early in self-planning, 
to allow them to do the planning. And we want to do so with meetings rather than allowing them to do it on their own. And when it comes to deadlines, we want early deliverables. High S's work well with other people. Uh, look, m- much of the work we do today now requires teamwork, reliance on others, whether they're local or virtual. And S's will definitely want to understand the short and long term and the big picture implications of their work. Managing high S's usually means longer meetings with them throughout the project and certainly in the beginning when they want to ask a lot of questions. So be ready for that. You high D's, you're considered rude and 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 certainly you're potentially ineffective if you think you can get by with a two-minute meeting. The high S that you're delegating to or managing a project on is simply going to feel left out um, there. Uh, and while you think le- being left out is unimportant, believe me, it's not to them. And they're going to, to uh, withdraw and be less likely to take risks or or stay on top of things because they're going to be cautious about being wrong or failing. You know, we recommend encouraging their collaboration with other people. I mean, that, that works out really well, doesn't it? I mean, a lot of people make the mistake of thinking that the person who's responsible for the task has to actually do it, right? But that's that's yep. not necessary. Uh, and and right, sometimes, right. particularly with the high S, you can leverage their relationships to get the task done. Yeah. Um, they often get missed when we're evaluating professionals for managerial and executive talent due to their reserve, right? They're not the flashy high D, high I. But their ability to build and maintain relationships is part of what makes excellent executive talent. They are far too often, S's are far too often underrated in large organizations particularly. And, uh, you know, it's too bad when their manager needs a better network but doesn't realize because the S won't won't talk about the network, won't brag about the network, that the S has it and would offer it gladly to the manager, but the manager simply underestimates them. Yeah, this this is, you know, this is something I've, a trap I've fallen into and affected me early on in my managerial career because being a high D high high S's are exactly opposite, and mm-hmm. um, it's challenging, right? Because they want to go slower, they want to talk about relationships, and you just want to get it done. And to be honest, I've gone back in my career, and I know that I've I've frankly been unfair to high S's that have worked for me. So I've worked on that. Yeah, and you know I have too, and I think um, in general, you know that there's a problem with the like me fallacy, which is people who are going to get promoted are like me. And that's one of the benefits of diversity uh, is the, you know, diversity training, diversity awareness is understanding that when you look around at executives, yeah, there's probably more high D's than, than, than the average, than a normal distribution among executive or senior managerial ranks. But well, as I said, the best CEO I ever knew was a high S. So um, something else that high S's do they tend to be hesitant to make decisions. They want to get a consensus. And Manager Tools generally looks askance at consensus. We think that the idea, the, the, the concept of consensus is a great one. And we think in, in uh, modern business today, there used to be more of an autocratic and dictatorial kind of one person making a decision mentality. And so in the last 20 to 30 years, thanks to probably things like diversity and probably some other 
concepts and, 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 uh, failures are always pinned on individuals. The idea is, well, let's collaborate. Let's work toward consensus. Well, people mistakenly conflate collaboration and consensus. There are very few situations in most hierarchical organizations where a true consensus is actually necessary or valuable. But what high S's do is they want to get consensus. They want to make sure everybody's okay with what they're doing. They want to you know, dot their I's and cross their T's a little bit. Nothing wrong with that. But what that means is their decisions take a long time. And so we recommend actually setting deadlines for decisions to be made. You know, newer managers, I know you've seen it, I've seen it too. Newer managers make this, it's a classic mistake. We listen to all decisions that have to be made before a task can be undertaken. And we worry that whoever's talking to us will never get to the actual work. And, and of course, as high D's, Mike and I both say, you know, why don't they just make a decision and get on with it? Again, classic mistake. The solution, especially for our high S's, is to set a deadline for the decision or decisions. And in our experience, whatever time you first come up with in your head for a decision that is necessary, that predates a, a deadline, a task, is to cut in half whatever deadline you originally have, shorten it by 50%. That's probably closer to your a good deadline than your original thought. Now, we're not talking about decisions about billion-dollar plant closings, but if it's not a task that takes time, it's a decision. And decisions technically happen almost instantaneously. Now, some people would say, no, 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 I'm gathering data. Okay, that's fine, but either that's a task and it ought to be on the project plan or it's simply a decision. And if it's a task, then there ought to be a deadline for that task, which leads to a decision for which there ought to be a deadline, which then leads to the task that we originally started talking about. Yeah, I found this this kind of setting deadlines thing also important with high S's when it comes to planning their own work, all right? They, they will like to do it, but they're going to take a long time doing it. So if we're going to let them come up with a plan and all things being equal, they'll be good at it. Uh, we need not only give them a project goal and deadline, but also give them a, a really a kind of a hard early deadline for completing the plan. Otherwise, what's going to happen is you're going to have a bunch of delays as this high S person attempts to reduce their uncertainty with longer meetings, with more process yeah. development and questions and questions and questions and, and, and getting everybody on board. And early on, we encourage managers to be willing to meet frequently with the high S's earlier in their projects. Um, S's will want to share ideas and collaborate, uh, but they're going to take more more time to, to reduce their uncertainty. And Yeah, they are. They are just as good at D's and I's at doing projects, and they're slow starters. Yeah. And that means that they're going to delay on decisions, and they're going to ask a lot more questions. And look, that's fine. As long as we understand their strengths and weaknesses as their manager, as their PM, and say, okay, if early decisions are going to go slower, what can I do to speed them up? I could ask for more detail in the plan, or I could essentially push for setting decision deadlines. And be aware, don't immediately fly off the handle, you high Ds, us high Ds, when an S says, I'm sorry, I didn't meet that deadline, and it's a decision deadline. Understand that that's going to happen more frequently with an S than it is with a, or for that matter, with a C, frankly, than it is with a D or an I. And, and being surprised by it seems silly if you're, if you know your folks. If we know our folks, we ought to know that uh, the high S's are going to be slower. And so expect it. And uh, being less surprised as a manager is generally a good thing. And then also, 
be prepared for questions. You know, if, if you're used to having 15 minute meetings to kick something off, have a 30 minute. And I'm talking about a one on one meeting with, with a direct about delegating. If you're used to having a 15 minute meeting, ha- schedule a 30 minute meeting because they're going to ask more questions. Expect them to pop by your office more. Um, and, and don't be stunned by it and don't lay. This is a classic mistake that I make. Don't overlay your behavioral tendencies on top of someone else and say, why do they keep coming by and asking questions? It's not because they're wrong. It's because they're different and different isn't wrong. It's just different. Okay. Now the fun one. How about high eyes? Huh? Tell me. about (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Tell me about yourself. Well, I was raised as one of four boys and no, sorry. That's an interviewing answer. Um, The I and high I stands for influence. These are the assertive people members of your team. They're the sales types. They're drawn to parties. They're drawn to marketing. They're drawn to stories about how great their weekend was. Stories? Um, You ever tell stories? Nah. 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 nah, Not me. Um, They tend to dress fashionably and in ways that generally cause other people to notice them. They like to move fast, even if it's a bit sloppy. And I'm not talking about just physically moving fast. I'm talking about projects and work and so on. They like to make a you know, go quickly. And, and if there's a mess to clean up afterwards, they don't mind so much, which probably drives the high C's that work with them. Absolutely crazy. I mean, they, they lose respect from high C's very quickly because they might make something happen, but there's a process to be updated or a policy to be changed. And high C's are like, geez, you know, you have to do this stuff. You, I mean, the world has to be in order, yeah. right? It's, it's never happened to me. Never, never. Yeah. I, I can only imagine what, agony I have caused you. Um, yeah. Um, luckily for us though, buddy, they love to talk, talk, talk. <laughs> that's good when you do it a podcast. Yeah, that's good. Good for podcast. It would be weird if our roles were reversed and I was the high I and you were the high C and you were writing all the casts and I was the one asking questions and you were the one talking more. That would be, there are probably people going, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll take five minutes. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it wouldn't be terribly effective. So let's, uh, let's yeah, continue well, doing what you know. we're doing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, high eyes love to lead others and they want to have a great team that takes care of the details for them. Which, by the way, high eyes, if you think you can be a CEO of a billion dollar company just being a high eye, you're mistaken. CEOs today, EVPs and so on, can't get by just on flash and energy and insight and communication and networks. You have to know the details. You have to dig down in financials. You have to know three layers deep. And many, many sales and marketing people have noticed that there are less sales and marketing people making it to the top of large organizations. It's not cataclysmic change, but there's a noticeable change. And high eyes are suffering relative to the general populace. There are a lot more high D, high Cs making the top job than there, than there used to be. Not a lot more, but there's some percentage more. And they're taking the place of some of those high D, high eyes. High eyes are outgoing. They're energetic. They start well but they struggle to finish things once they lose interest. They'd rather talk on the phone than send email, but when they do send email, it includes their signature block, it might have colors in it, it has their cell number, it has their Skype ID, their IM name, their Facebook link. They totally love being in the spotlight. Katie Couric, the U.S. news anchor and former Today Show host, and Bill Clinton, the former U.S. president, are both quintessential high eyes. And Bill Clinton's the most magnetic person I've ever been in a room with. I, I just stunning, and um, he makes other people feel 
like they're the only people in the room talking to them, which is classic high eye. Okay, when it comes to the who, working with others and so on, and, and them, we want to encourage their teamwork. They're definitely going to use their network. When it comes to tasks, we must demand written plans and updates to plans because it's the Achilles heel of project work for high eyes. And regarding deadlines, the win of who does what by when, you've got to give clear deadlines and you've got to give feedback related to them. These folks are the salesmen and women and and the marketers. They're going to seek out and leverage their existing relationships. When we assign work to our high eyes uh, on our team, they're not going to do all the work themselves. There is no sense in, in us trying to force them to do it. They consider their network an extension of themselves. So they would just say, why wouldn't I ask a friend to help me when, frankly, that friend would would ask the same of me and I would do it? So rather than fighting, rather than saying, no, you've got to learn how to do it yourself, there's no rule, again, we talked about this before, that says we have to do things ourselves. Just because we're responsible for it doesn't mean we physically have to do it. So let them form a team. Let them delegate if they want to, however they would call delegating it, particularly if they're not managers, but individual contributors, and get other people involved. Let them do it. Working with colleagues like this is great training for management leadership, frankly. Let them collaborate. Let them negotiate with others. Let them exchange favors. That happens at the executive level, folks, if you haven't figured that out yet. There is definitely some log rolling and some you scratch my back, I scratch yours going on at the top of your organization. In fact, I was just talking to an executive recently who said he was stunned when, you know, the fix was in on a, on a board meeting. And it was clear that somebody who should have been opposed to something had rolled over because later the other person was going to roll over for them. You know, ask your high eyes about whom they're working with and talking to and reaching out to and calling in favors from. Nothing wrong with that. You ought to know where the responsibilities are getting passed on to others, um, even though ultimately the, the, the person we delegated to is the person who's responsible. Look, encourage, reward these efforts. If, they, if there are 10 people helping them, you've got more capability because you're, the person who works for us is not the one doing the work. So that means they have free time to do other stuff. Even when deadlines are being missed, don't ask them to collapse their work back on top of, them, on top of themselves because they're not going to stop doing it. We can give to our high eyes both negative feedback about deadlines, missing a deadline, and encouragement at the same time about their ability to engage and motivate other people. But look, all the teamwork in the world is often stretched to overcome the high eyes tendencies to act on instinct, to move quickly, and then perhaps lose interest in a process or a change that is no longer exciting. High eyes are the most likely profile to require managerial hands-on throughout a project. Early on planning, you managing them carefully, and then later on their follow-through. And that's why we recommend that you demand that you get a written plan for them, right? Yeah. Without a written plan, a written plan, a written plan, you know, oh, I've got it in my head or, oh, it's back at my desk is balderdash. High eyes without it, high eyes will have a lot of energy, much of which will be wasted on dead ends that seemed interesting at first glance and which they say, well, the reason I missed deadline X is because I was working on A, B, C, D, E, all of which made sense at the time, but now it didn't. So right. I'm behind on X. And, yeah. And it's usually, right? uh, when they say working on A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, they usually have names associated with them as well, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> people, right. And, and, and people. Yeah. 
yeah, Bob said this and Terry said that. And so I work with him on that and then discover that I'm really not going to work. So now I'm back on X and, and the high D's, you know, or you high C's, right? The high C that manages the high I, right? The opposite will say, okay, but you missed the deadline. And the high I says, yeah, but you don't understand. I was talking to those other people. That was very helpful. I learned a lot. Yes. And you missed the deadline. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that as long as we can deliver feedback professionally. You know, they're going to say they're going to say things like things have changed or we've come up with a different, better plan or idea. Boy, I'll tell you what, I can't if I had a dime for every time a high eye said, oh, the plan's changing. Right. I mean, it's like, no, there is no plan. You didn't ever give me a plan. So what plan are we changing? Oh, you know, I got it. I got it. I got it. And then finally, you have to say, no, until I have it, you don't got it. <laughs> I need a written plan. I need it by the end of the day today. Oh, I don't know. That's going to be hard. Yep, I know. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that, you know, it's really kind of nebulous in my head. Okay, good. Put it on paper. Well, you may not like what you see. That's okay. We'll just do feedback and we'll go from there, right? It's okay to encourage their relationships, but we don't have to go so far as to subsidize early failures simply because they're people people and not really excited about the hard work of planning and, and understanding linkages and connections and what comes first and what comes next, dependent tasks and so on. Yeah. And the work doesn't stop there once you get the plan, right? Because if you knew high eyes, you wouldn't be surprised when you get a plan and it's either nonsensical related to the actual work getting done. Yeah. Or yeah. over the course of two weeks or three weeks, it's completely out of date and makes no sense. So it's not enough to get a written plan. High eyes love to go off the plan. And if you right. don't demand regular weekly written plan updates, it's likely that the plan three weeks from now will not in any sense resemble reality. Yeah. It doesn't exist, right? It literally, I mean, based on the definition of a plan, it just simply doesn't exist. There, there might be something in their head. And, and here's what it sounds like. You say, okay, look, bring me your plan at the end of the day. And so at 4.15, you're meeting and they say, okay, ready to talk about the project. Okay. Where's the plan? Oh, I've got it. Okay, well, what do you got? Well, look, I got to talk to these three guys. I got to see how they're feeling about that. Based on what they tell me, I'm going to go talk probably to your peer, get his okay to go forward on this part. If I can get that done, then really all it boils down to is getting some budget. And that shouldn't be a problem because the two or three people that are running the budget on this seem pretty open to stuff. And the high C is like, dude, what was that you just said? I'm, <laughs> that sounded like a convention not a plan. Right. That sounded like, uh, you know, margaritas at Friday at five o'clock. I mean, whoa, what was that? Right. And the high eye thinks that's my plan. I see, you know, I see the world as people and, and I see uh, people in places that I can leverage. And so it should be fine. Yeah. Right. High C's are thinking about the tasks, all the things that get, that need to get done, the deliverables, right. And high eyes are just thinking about all the people they need to talk to. So a high yeah. C's plan would be a list of tasks. A high eyes plan would be just a list of people that they need to talk to. Yeah. Look, let's admit it. C's and S's are better at planning work than high D's and I's are. Now, high D's and I's are better at initiating things and making things happen, but high D's and I's, look, when Mike puts together a plan for us, it, he's, he's, he's enabling, he's leveraging his high C side. His ID side says, why are you writing this down? Just do it, right? Just do it. The, the Nike mantra is a classic high D, high I thing. You know, high I's might be high, you know, just do it and make a mess. Who cares? Okay. Uh, one more thing. When it comes to deadlines, our 
interest in clarity and an accountability relative to things we delegate or responsibilities. Folks, I'm sorry, high eyes are going to hate you, but you've got to have written deadlines. They've got to be in the plan. Most high eyes, if you make them write something down, will give you a list of tasks without deadlines. And they'll say, well, it's too interconnected. No, it's not too interconnected. Put a deadline on there so that if you don't get it done by that time, we can, I can give you feedback and we can adjust. Um, they're going to have a reason why it's not done. And, and, you know, I think you said earlier, it's almost always going to include somebody else's name. Oh, Bob didn't get back to me. But the fact that there's a reason doesn't change that there isn't a completion of a task by a deadline. And we've got to be willing, more so than perhaps anybody, anybody uh, any of our other directs, to hold our high eyes feet to the fire and keep them stuck tightly to their agreed upon plan or timeline, which you can't have it be agreed upon unless one of you has a written copy of what the other one has. I think I think we've beaten we've beaten that horse a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. One th- one thing I like about high eyes though is, man, they're 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 quick out of the gate. Yeah, you give, you give give them something to do. They're on it. Yeah, of course it ends there. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> high eyes are the ones that the, the phrase was invented. That they put their best foot forward and then drag their other foot behind. So um, you know, whereas high C's, their opposite, will not put a foot forward until they know that they can take many many steps, all perfectly aligned. And folks, we are overstating, but we want you to be looking for these things, and that will help you manage folks. We don't manage everyone the same. That's the way we started this cast. We manage everyone individually. We don't manage by groups. We don't manage based on gender or on race. We manage based on the individual. So we're not suggesting you manage all high C's identically. We're suggesting if you've watched an individual and you feel they'd have a tendency to be a planner and avoid risk and you think they're a high C, here are some suggestions to to get you off the the idea that everybody who works for you should be managed by you the same way, by your natural style rather than by theirs. When in France, speak French. Right. Well, going back to kind of the fast start thing, I love the fact that they, they start fast. But the problem is that later on there's delays and there's a lack of data often, right? They're yeah. incredibly proud. And we love the fact that they jump on their on the projects. They will make a difference. Fast starts are good, right? High eyes encouraging others in this way is going to be nothing but beneficial to the organization. Unfortunately, as a function of them being a high eye, they have this huge interest in the new, the different, and the exciting. Once they have that initial spurt of excitement, things tend to to die down. They're no longer excited about it. And so they're not as engaged. And so that fast start is often a precursor to delays. And yeah. so again, that's why the written plan is so important. We yeah. have to have a written plan and hold them tight to the schedule. Yeah. They're going to make snap judgments. They're going to draw emotional conclusions, which probably for their high C bosses, like, why would you draw a conclusion that's emotional? Get the data, right? Just the facts, ma'am. Don't be lulled into a lack of oversight of your high eyes by their energy. Ask for their data and don't just ask for them to characterize the data. High eyes love to characterize data because then they, then they are talking about data. So that makes them feel smarter than they know they really are. Uh, when in fact, characterizing data is not data. Um, that I've told people before, one of my favorite paintings is one picture of a pipe. And, and the, the caption is, this is not a pipe. It's not. It's a picture of a pipe. And characterizations of data by high eyes are not data, even though they think they are. Ask for the spreadsheet. Look at the high eye spreadsheet. In fact, if you just want to, you know, <laughs> if you just want to drive them crazy, say, put together a spreadsheet. 
Yeah, they love that. That's what I live for is looking at spreadsheets. And and look, if you love looking at spreadsheets, you're probably not a high eye. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, Mike is good at that sort of stuff. I'm not. So uh, we let him do it. We let him do all the hard stuff. No, yeah. kidding. <laughs> it's not hard stuff. It's fun stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's, okay, let's talk about high, high Ds, our last of the disc. Yes. The D in high D stands for dominance, and frankly, appropriately so. These are assertive, task-focused professionals. They're assertive the way high eyes are. They tend to go move quickly. They make things happen. They're change agents. And they're task-focused the way high Cs are. They're focused on the work. They want to get lots of work done. They want to take action. They tend to be very forceful and direct communicators. They constantly interrupt. They don't even know they're interrupting. Uh, you know, why are you still talking? I'm, I've now, I've now taken over the conversation is what they think when other people look as if you, they've interrupted them. They think first about the work and they want other people to worry about themselves. So the high D doesn't have to, right? They believe that if they get good work done, people will get taken care of. High S's and high I's tend to say, if I take care of the people, good work will get done. High Ds are unlikely to be warm and personable. They tend not to smile very much. They definitely want power and promotions. They're often willing to knock down walls to get them, which a high C or a high S wouldn't do. And a high I would say, why would I knock down a wall? Let's have one of my friends put a ladder over it and we'll jump. They talk fast. They're brief. If you, if you see a high D walking down the hall and they make eye contact with you and they don't smile and you say, how are you today? And they say, fine. And then they look away and they keep walking. Well, it's probably a high D. They want more responsibility all the time. They expect others to work as hard as they do, which is a problem if you have a high D boss. They're totally comfortable making decisions and taking risks. I wish I didn't have to say they here. We, we are totally comfortable making decisions and taking risks. They give orders rather than encouraging other people to join the team. I don't care whether you join my team. Just do your work, right? They don't want to be our friend. They absolutely want to be our boss. Actually, they want to be their boss's boss. General George Patton, the American general from World War II, was a classic high D with strengths and weaknesses, obviously. And today, modern times, Jack Welch, the former CEO of General Electric, is also a high D. Although, if you see Jack interviewed, his his persona, uh, he's a classic high I as well. I I suspect um, Jack's profile is somewhat like mine. No, I'm not comparing myself to Jack Welch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and you know, Heidi's are in, incredibly valuable when it comes to getting things done in the organization. The problem is, yep. And let's just go right straight to the problem. The problem is that they break eggs along the way, and relationships with other folks suffer. And I, I can tell you, I'm, we're not going to go into the whole history of how we started Manager Tools, but this is in fact the nut of what you eventually helped me with back when I first hired you. I had a great organization full of a bunch of high D's and high C's, an IT organization. Yeah, God, they were. They, it was just class. It really was. I, I, I guess I, you've mentioned that before, but now that I think about it related to this cast, every single one of them was high D, high C. Right, exactly. And yeah. they were very they good were at what you. they did, and relationships suffered. And, uh, and, and so we spent a lot of time on that, like actually learning how to talk to our customers as if they were customers. I'll never forget Greg asking me to do some negotiation training with his guys. And we did it. And uh, 
uh, Greg, what a great guy. And, um, we did it and he said, ah, you know, this, this is kind of squishy. I'm not, you know, I'm, uh, and this is a smart guy, really smart guys. Ah, I'm not sure. And he called me a couple weeks later. He says, you're not going to believe it. Classic horseman life story, which is, Hey, you're not going to believe it. I did what you suggested and it worked. And I looked at the phone and kind of said, why wouldn't I believe that? Yeah. Um, and he, he, you know, it was all, all the negotiation stuff we, we talk about is about building common ground and relationships and so on. And he just, he, he knew it, he could do it, but it wasn't his natural first tendency. Yeah. And so the whole relationship stuff is where you got to focus with high D's. And our recommendation is that you make it part of the plan. In the plan, in the task, there are things around encouraging relationship development. Just like we did with our high C's we talked earlier. Yep. People aren't the high D's first thoughts, just like a high C. They don't, they don't tend to think about people first. Work, the tasks, the projects, the goal, the budget, those are their first thoughts every day when they wake up, right? Where am I on, at, on work today? So just like we do with high C's, as you said, we, we put relationship development into the task. We ask them who they've talked to, what other people have contributed, who are the experts, who should they be reaching out to, or whom do we recommend they reach out to? We ask to be copied on emails they send to others, which will irritate them. But nevertheless, the rules of management do not say, and never irritate your people. We ask our people to be better tomorrow than they are today. And it's hard, but it means that when there's a crisis, they can handle it. Okay. And everybody don't go around now telling, telling everybody that manager tools said that you get to go around just irritating your people. And that's yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah. Good point. Thank you. Thank you. Correct. <laughs> See, there's my high eye just saying, I got a great idea. Let me just throw it in here. It's not in the show notes. And then your high C says, let's clean up that mess real quickly. <laughs> uh, so look, we, we add these kind of things, relationships, people to reach out to and so on. And maybe what we do is we share our network with the high D. If we're a high S, they're opposite. We might say, look, why don't you call this friend of mine and copy me on the email? And and then maybe if it's me and I'm de- delegating to you, if I'm the high S and you're the high D, I'll say, uh, you know, copy me on the email and then I'll be able to give you some feedback on on how I think the relationship with my network member is going. And this is literally a task you can add to the project or you can simply keep track of it in parallel with the work effort. Uh, if you want to motivate a high D around relationships, all you have to do is tell them that great executives work exceptionally well with others, whether they like them or not. And if they look at the executives in their organization, and we're not talking to an executive here, if they look at the executives in their organization, they will know that that's in fact what they were doing. And high D executives, high I, high S, high C executives, the great ones know how to get the most from everybody, not just from themselves or their directs where they have role power. That helps high Ds realize the reason I need relationships is because it helps me get work done. And the higher you go, the less it is about tasks and the more it is about people. Yeah, well, it's, it's not only that in the sense that they're driven by getting stuff done, but they're also driven by power. And if they're not an executive, they absolutely want to be one. And anything they, you, you tell them that's going to help them get to be an executive, they're going to pay attention to. So, Yeah, exactly. Right. Now, by the same token, they don't like detailed plans. Fooey on that, right? They're different than high C's. Uh, they're much more like high I's. As a high D once told me, that will be obsolete the moment I write it. <laughs> and I remember telling him, yes, but I'm your boss and I can make you obsolete. And he went, oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. You know, <laughs> when, you, when you're managing a high D, you can get away with direct, candid comments. 
And they're like, yeah, okay, you're right. Interesting. And you never say that to a high ass. Oh, good. I mean, I might, but I would be sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, right. I mean, you could. And look, there are high D managers who are listening to this right now saying, I'm not sure I'm getting this. And yet when I said that, well, look, you, you know, you need to do it because I said so. Um, when you say that to a high D, it's fine. And there are high D managers right now listening to this going, yeah, that makes sense to me. Well, that's the problem. You're managing, you're talking about managing yourself. We're not talking, we don't want you to manage yourself. You never have to do that. You have to manage others. And and if a high D said that to a high S, I mean, you might as well slap them in the face and say, I don't love you. I don't care about you. I don't like you. And for the next three or four weeks, expect to get less output from them and expect them to go back and talk to their spouse and say, what a jerk my boss is. God, I mean, he could have been polite about it, but the guy doesn't even have the courtesy, the dignity, the professionalism, the ethics to take a moment and to say something polite. No, he just slams me. Right. Well, on the other hand, and this is why I wanted to not blow past this, is high S's out there who are listening to this just were absolutely stunned that you could actually say that to somebody because they never would. But high S's, it goes the other way. Yeah. You're dealing with a high D. If you want to be effective with them, you've got to be willing to be a little more direct than you normally are. And so it's not just high D's are rude. High D's think high S's are whims. And sometimes you're going to have to be a little bit more forceful. Yep, exactly. By the same token, our high D's, do not like detailed plans, as we've mentioned. You have to demand them just like we would with high eyes. And the plan has to include the task and deadlines and who's responsible for it. The written plan becomes our insurance against the incredibly fast but also sloppy start that high Ds bring to things. And if you're reckless and sloppy in the beginning, you may end up in a ditch, even though the D believes they're completely capable of either digging a new ditch or or getting out of the one they're in. And yet there may be cleanup for us to do, which is, you know, which is work we don't want to be doing if we can avoid it. So we need a written plan, period. Yeah, and the problem is with high Ds is when they get themselves in the ditch, frankly, They've torqued off so many other folks that folks are not generally out there trying to help the high D out of the ditch. Right. Yeah. Look at the D struggle in the ditch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? they're, having, yeah. they're having fun with it. It's like a bug. It's like a bug on its back, right? Look, look at the D. <laughs> yeah. So, you, yeah. so you'd help them during the course of the project. If you help them in terms of developing relationships with others, it will put you in good stead later on down, down, down the line when they're in the ditch and they need the help of others to get out. Right. Yeah. So, so just to, to take this a little further, we're, we're going to expect them to start fast. We're going to expect them to, to relationships and stuff to gradually fray in the course of the, the, the project. They'll, they'll get it done at the end, uh, and, and expect there to be some relationship triage going on. They're going to make a difference. Uh, they're going to want to be done quickly. They're going to be frustrated if it's a long project. Meeting regularly with them will help them stay on course, although they want, won't want to meet with you. It's reasonable for you to meet with them. High S's, if you want to meet with your D's, meet with them, period. They may not like it, but you do have some role power for a reason. They will tend to fidget, professionally speaking, on a longer project. And they'll tend to drop their relationship outreach activities. So you may have to keep asking about them week after week after week. And and again, you may have to sm- smooth ruffle feathers. And that may mean asking a high S to help out. And I think that's it. That is it. And that's a lot. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm afraid that for new managers who might be listening, we just, we just uh, yeah. made yeah. life a whole lot harder. And it just seems like we've made management a whole lot more complex than they may like. 
Yeah, I, I, I can see that. And yet I, I think to myself, okay, um, there's a manager out there right now who goes, man, that's the problem between me and Joe, uh, between me and, and Robert, me and Matthew, me and Terry, me and Sarah. And I get it now, and I can just make small changes and make a big difference. You don't have to swallow this cast all at once. With some simple adjustments based on probably maybe only five minutes worth of observation or, of course, using the DISC assessment on your team, we can improve our results and reduce the chances of painfully obvious mistakes when it comes to managing the work of our directs. Yeah, and and it's not all that hard to figure out what – what profile somebody is just folks just start paying attention to their behavior. Yeah. Don't think exactly. you don't got to get into the head in terms of what they think. No. Just look at what their behavior is and then match it up yep. with the appropriate profile and you'll be there 95% of the time. Right. So quick wrap up, wrap up. We, we, we delegate and manage projects with individuals, not with our entire team. And the way to think about our work is who does what by when. So that means the people who are involved, the tasks that are going to get done and the deadlines that are involved with high C's. We want to, we want to encourage them to develop relationships. We want them to do their own planning. We want early deliverables and you're going to expect some delays based on decisions and, and also a lack of teamwork. High S's, we want encourage them to leverage their relationships. And we definitely want them to do planning and to do it early and meet with them often. And again, you're going to expect them to be slower on decisions. Um, they're going to ask a lot of questions. You may meet with them more than you might like if you're ID. Our high eyes, we encourage their teamwork, use of teamwork. They're, they're going to do it. But we've got to demand written plans and updated plans from them. You want to put it on the web, that's fine, but it's got to be it's got to be written down somewhere outside of their head. And we've got to be clear about deadlines. And, and we've got to be clear about feedback on deadlines because they won't be good at them. They're going to start fast, and then they're going to slow down later, and they're going to lack data, and we need to ask about the data they're using. For high Ds, we're going to encourage them to work on their relationships because that's what executives do. We're going to demand updated plans and written plans along the way. And, you know, be careful. You may have to step in and do some relationship triage when they make a mess, even though they're starting fast and probably will work very, very hard tirelessly to get things done. That's it. All right, my friend. Thanks, partner. We'll see you next week. Thanks everyone for joining us. And we'll hope to see you again next week. Again, check out the website for details on the Effective Communications and Effective Manager Conference on August 10th and 11th, 2009 in Chicago. We'll hope to see you there. All right, folks. See you next week. So long.